When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, welcome to our first off-season Powder Blue podcast, and we had to jump on and do one tonight because Phillies, Trey Turner, in agreement on an 11-year, $300 million deal. Frank Close here with Jeff Mosher, and Jeff, is this what you expected? Um... Yes. <laughs> I got to say yes, uh, only because I'm a where there's smoke, there's fire guy. And it seemed like, I don't know what, like three days after the uh, Phillies were eliminated in the World Series, there was already this kind of uh, discussion that Trey Turner and the Phillies were going to be a perfect marriage. His wife is from Flemington, New Jersey, which is sort of central Jersey. I actually used to... uh cover that high school, her high school, 100 and Central. Yeah, about that. Uh, when I, yeah, when I covered high school sports, um, you know, it was my first job before I was in, down in this area. So, um, I don't know. I just, it, you know, the dots seeming so connected. They didn't bring back, um, Gene Segura. So, it, I mean, did I, I, I did expect, it seemed very, very obvious, Frank, that one of those four big shortstops was going to be the one and the most, uh, reporters, insiders were drawing the dots toward, Trey Turner for a lot of different reasons. And not to mention, good friends with Bryce Harper, good friends with Kyle Schwarber. Right. His hitting coach was Kevin Long in Washington. Oh, yeah. And, yes. and, you know, Kevin Long, uh, went out to the World Series, uh, with, with him in it wearing a Turner jersey a couple of years ago, if mm-hmm. you remember. So, yep. but yeah, this just seemed like this was the, the perfect fit on all, all sides. And, and it was just a question in my mind of when. And, you know, I think one thing that helped the Phillies was, Trey Turner's agent is not Scott Boris, like you see representing the likes of Carlos Correa. Yeah. I forget who's, I forget who's representing Bogarts, but, but his agent is a smaller agent and not the type that's going to wait around and try to squeeze every last dollar mm-hmm. out of everybody. It sounded, it just seemed like that because he had this type of representation, they could actually just say, okay, look, we both like each other. How do we get this deal done? And right. uh I thought it was pretty interesting. Uh, Crossing Broad picked up on the Philadelphia Sports Card Show over the weekend. Rob Thompson was supposed to be signing there. And yeah. he posted a video. Sorry, I got to go make the Phillies a little bit better for 2023. <laughs> so I got to run. And it's so he like, didn't go. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so then, it reminds me of like, uh, what's it, Goodwill Hunting? When uh, he's like, got to go see someone about a girl. Rob Thompson, got to go see someone about a second baseman. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Uh, shortstop, right? Shortstop, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, the, but, uh, 
But yeah, it seemed like this was coming and Jason Stark at the Athletic reporting that the Phillies were going to do something by Wednesday. It, and, I, and I like their aggressive nature here. They did, they just want to get it set. And you know, that this is not a long drawn out off season. There's probably still time to, to go onto MLB.com shop and customize some number seven Trey Turner jerseys for, for, uh, for Christmas, right? So hopefully, mm-hmm. hopefully they're there ready, ready to sew some jerseys ahead of Christmas. But, uh, but this is, this is, uh, I don't know. Is this, does this have the magnitude of, of other big signings the Phillies had or is this just so expected, uh, coming off the World Series that it's not as big a high for the Phillies? Yeah. Fan base? I- I think that's it. I think the fact that, um, you know, th- they reached a point, you know, the Bryce Harper signing was a watershed moment for the team. Uh, it only got them so far. You knew John Middleton wanted to do more. The, the Schwarber and Cassiano signings were very, I think that those were, um, came with a lot more pomp and circumstance and then even they normally would for big contracts because of the, the strike, right? And then it ended and all of a sudden it was like, Bing, bing, you know, you, you bring in Castellanos. It's like, oh, okay. Now you're, because people, people saw the Schwarber contract and thought, all right, good, but it still felt like they were another big bat away. And then Castellanos came aboard and now they make the World Series. And also, I mean, you watch the team as, as we did and you follow the team and you knew that something in the middle infield had to be better and that the team was going to continue to be aggressive. I think, I think the signings. Last year of Schwarber and Castellanos, Frank told you that the Phillies are going to be aggressive and they're not going to just sit tight, right? Um, and of course having Dave Dombrowski in general as a, as a president of baseball operations. So while this one might ju- be just as critical as Schwarber, Castellanos, I don't know if you can call it as critical as, as, as Harper because of the, the where they're at as a franchise, but while he might be as just as much of a talented player as anybody, um, it doesn't, I don't think it has the, the shock value. It almost feels like you're just now completing the process. <laughs> yeah, the only so- shocking thing to me is the contract, uh, Frank. I mean, I, I think that I was, I thought Trey Turner might get more money, maybe not 11 years, but I thought he would get a bigger APY, but perhaps that's the trade off for the more years. Yeah. It looks like the Phillies are trying to play with a competitive balance tax here. So. Um, but they did it with Harper, right? So 13, sure. do, do they really expect it to be a 13? Yeah. Now here's the thing. Some teams will defer money. In a way, the Phillies are sort of deferring money. Now there's a good likelihood that one of these players, I mean, that, you know, they're living dangerously with these really long deals. One of these players might end up not finishing out the deal or they're eating some money at the end. I mean, I think that's mm-hmm. a real possibility, but you know what? This is major league baseball and either you get the player or you don't get the player. And so. You find a creative way to, to get the player when it's time to win. And, uh, as I heard somebody say, maybe it was Jim Duquette on MLB Network Radio as this was, this was breaking. He said he never knew anybody that Dave Dombrowski wanted and didn't just go get. <laughs> right. That's a great sign, by the way. You gotta love that kind of approach and attitude about it. Um, and it's really living dangerously with just two players, right? It's so far the only two guys that have super long deals. Are Harper, who's a superstar, uh, and Trey Turner, who, a very good player, really, really good player. Um, and yes, you can question how good each will be at the end of those deals, the last four or five years. And certainly they're going to have to do a great job about five or six years from now from drafting players and making sure that they're not having to spend that kind of money on other 
players because those those contracts are going to be really high and those guys may not be as good of a player that they are. But at the same time, Frank, in 10 to 11 years, you're already seeing it with the, the Harper contract. He, he's not even like in the top 20 highest paid players <laughs> on an average per year basis. And in five years from now, neither will Trey Turner be. Yeah, 26, what's 26 for Harper? It seems like a bargain. I mean, yeah, if you, but if you consider they might eat some money at the end, well, then you have to spread some more out. But you know what though? That, that World Series appearance, even though they didn't win, it brought a lot of revenue to this team. So they're, they're already getting a literal return on the investment uh, already for, for Harper. Now, now Turner, here's the interesting thing talking about money. He will be paid less in this first year than the Phillies paid Didi Gregorius and Gene Segura this year. Yep. And considering you have Bryson Stott on a rookie contract, they're actually saving money up the middle <laughs> compared exactly. to last year. If you look at it that way. So, so this it's salary amazing. slots in at least for right now. Um, you still have big money at JT Romuto for a couple more years, right? So you, so, you know, you can't have a high priced player at every, every position, but I think, uh, Phillies are getting pretty close. <laughs> well, you know, John Middleton probably took a look at that gate receipt in the playoffs <laughs> and the merchandise sales and thought, yeah, you know, it's worth it. I'm going to make, we're in the playoffs. I'm going to make a lot of this money back. And, and so let's talk about then the impact though, that this, this particular player has. And when you look at his numbers from last year, there's, there's a few things that really like really should stand out. And to, to me, yeah, he's got, he's got the mix of average. He hit just two, two points under the 300 mark, right? 21 home runs, so it gives you a decent amount of power. 39 doubles, right? So this is, this is, this is a potent bat. Let's be very, very clear about that. Here's some of the extra value now because the shift is over. There's, they're not allowed to shift next year. So two ways Turner is going to help you a lot. One, you're going to see him stealing a lot more bases because they can't, the opposition can't play with the infield to have Mm -hmm. extra infielders ready to uh, try to minimize the stolen base threat. So that's right. offensively. So he did steal 27 bases, getting caught just three times last year, right? Those are pretty good uh, pretty good numbers. 90% of the time he is, uh, he is safe when he steals a bag. So you're going to mm-hmm. expect that number to go up. But then on defense, right? So Bryson Stott did a good job at shortstop. Now he's playing second base. You have two players with some pretty damn good range up the middle. When you mm-hmm. can't shift, there's not going to be any more Alec Bohm playing over on the right side of second base like you did, you, you saw him do once in a while. Mm-hmm. You're going to really rely on your, your middle infield now to get you some outs. No doubt about it. And, you know, listen, even though the Phillies made the World Series, we know they had a lot of defensive issues throughout the year and even sometimes in the playoffs. So, the fact that they were able to adjust to the time, the, the readjustment now, the no, shift and give themselves two really good good gloves up the middle. They haven't ha- think about this. The, entirely up the middle, you now have Trey Turner, Bryson Stott, and Brandon Marsh, who made a, a huge, huge impact the moment they acquired him as a defensive center fielder. The happiest people in the world should be Aaron Nola, Zach Wheeler, <laughs> Ranger Suarez especially, and then whoever's fourth and even the bullpen, by the way. I think it's gonna make um, it's, it's going to make a difference that you won't even notice until the, until the season starts. It's hard to even imagine because we haven't seen shiftless baseball in quite a long time, 10, 15 years. But I think it's going to be pretty obvious, you know, 
two or three weeks into the season how much of a difference that makes. And at least in the beginning of the year, you're going to get Castellanos probably. He'll probably be the one more than anybody off the off the defense, right? So you'll have added defense in right field as well. So let's just talk about the, the lineup then for a second. This really does soften the blow of losing Harper, right? Because in the in the short term, you can lead Turner off, have him bat where Schwarber did, and then you can mm-hmm. have Schwarber kind of take a power spot where Harper used to bat. Uh, and then, then, you know, that, that's probably enough to, to get you by, especially when you consider that, you know, I think you're going to get more out of Brandon Marsh than you got out of Odubel Herrera at the mm-hmm. beginning of the year and all the other cast of center fielders that they ran out there, the, the Roman Quins, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I think you're, the defense is, I mean, the offense is going to be just fine. The defense is going to be improved, uh, at least on the short term. And then by sure. by midseason, you're going to add Harper to that mix, and you feel pretty good. You know, there's 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 not a woe is me Harper's out right now because they, they they've really stepped it up in a big way. Absolutely, absolutely. And by the way, like the 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 unintended side effect of this that's really going to help is that you, I I can't imagine there's a scenario now where bright uh, where Reese Hoskins has to hit in two hole. You know, oh, um, yes. obviously we'll see what happens with his entire fate for the rest of the year. Uh, but assuming he's back, he will not be in the two hole and you and I can stop lamenting, uh, him in the two hole. In fact, I, you know, I was having a conversation with a friend and the friend said to me, I'm just so glad we have Trey Turner so that Kyle Schwarber doesn't have to be a leadoff man again. And I said, I don't know. Like I, I'm not a hundred percent sure Kyle Schwarber is not going to be. The leadoff guy, you know, he's a good leadoff guy when his on-base percentage is up, and it's usually up. Last year was somewhat of an anomaly. I said, at at worst, he's going to two. I said, the best thing about this is that Reed Hoskins doesn't have to be the two-hole hitter because you still want Schwarber up in the first inning and up as much as possible. So people who think that he's now going to move to, like, five, six, or seven just because Trey Turner here I think are wrong. Schwarber is definitely going to be in the first three. Yeah, I, I would I would agree with that there. I mean, I'll, I'll certainly you don't want I I don't want Turner second in, in being clogged on the base passes base base path because you have Schwarber in front of him. You know, I I want right. I want Turner to have that wide open infield to go berserk and steal a lot of bases and uh stuff like that. But that's fair. But, uh, that's fair. So it does make a good argument for him to lead off. I, uh, that's fair. Yeah. So that would be my argument for that. But but that's not to say that you know. But but of course. Schwarber brought a lot of power from the left side, and that's something they could utilize perhaps a little mm-hmm. bit differently, uh, you know, next year. But, you know, there, there, there's, uh, I think this, the sky's the limit here. So you, you know, you say, you, you say to someone like Schwarber, Hey, listen, can you help us out batting like third while we have, uh, that's where I, where I, I think you might see Hoskins in the two hole, unfortunately, because again, I don't like it, but, um, but you might you might see you might see Hoskins there at the beginning of the year while while Har- while Harper is out. Um, but again, provided that Hoskins is still around, I think the odds are are better now that he is around. Um, mm-hmm. you, you saw with the trade that Seattle made with Toronto, kind of what a bat uh, of that ilk is is going to cost you in trade. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I think if you look at the numbers and, and there are a few few. Uh, Few people out there made some, some very, very good comparisons to comparable bats to Reese, Reese Hoskins, but Teoscar Hernandez is, is probably a really good indication of what a bat like that will get you. Uh, and so the answer kind of was not so much. And, uh, 
when you consider you can put Teoscar Hernandez in an outfield spot, uh, mm-hmm. Hoskins has to play first. The, the trade value might not be what people would hope it would be. So, so yeah. if that's the case, then you just hang on to him. So, I mean, a lot of our discussions about do you move someone like him was, was really around the fact that he's going to be a free agent in a year. It's going to be mm-hmm. that maybe you could get some value for him, but if you're not going to get some value for him, then you, you don't make the move. Uh, totally agree with you. And, you know, especially, and now that you can bat him in a better position for him and for the team, you still have to live with his first base defensive deficiencies. But again, you're right. You don't just trade it away because of that and take pennies on the dollar. You need to get really good assets in return. And maybe He's still, still obviously play. a huge part of their, their, their team and what they did. And you'll be able to play with the DH spot more with, with, I mean, even when Harper's back, once Harper's in right field, he's not tying up your DH spot. So maybe that gives you some options down the line. Yeah. I mean, was, was, is, is Schwarber that much better at first base? (laughs) No, but you could put, you could put Bohm or Real Muto there a little bit if you want. I mean, I suppose so. Yeah. The the day off, not a day off kind of thing, you know, that, that's right. I I just always felt like. If you wanted to take Hoskins away from first base and do that, you would want to try to put Schwarber there to make your outfield defense better. But, you know, they're, 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 listen, they're improved up the middle. They obviously still have some, some deficiencies all around, but better to be better than, than the same or worse. Yeah. But who doesn't have deficiencies, right? Yeah, I mean, we, that is we, fair. we saw throughout the playoff. I mean, even the Astros, we found some of theirs. Just mm-hmm. watching the games, right? You could see that they were short in certain areas, but there was certainly better, better, uh, performance than the Phillies in the World Series, which they won, but, but they did have a few holes there. And, and you see even Houston trying to address some of those holes, uh, that they had, you know, cause they, they, yeah. they, they, they hope to repeat. The Phillies. Abreu signing is interesting for them, right? I guess he, is he their first base DH or just, he's just the I think he's I there to play first base. Uh, so Guriel is, is Guriel's a free agent, I believe. So interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So, so, uh, yeah, they're also looking at, uh, Wilson Contreras, who they almost right. traded for this past year. So, uh, maybe he can, maybe he will be the DH slash catcher type. So I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Um, we saw Dusty Baker kind of, Pushed back against the idea of acquiring him last year, mm-hmm. uh, but now mm-hmm. he's welcoming it. It sounds like, but uh, but yeah. So then, uh, so then, obviously the Phillies get this this big move out of the way, and then the question kind of becomes, what's next? Now you know, for those that were worried, uh, Kyle Gibson will not be re- returning. Uh, he did sign with the Baltimore Orioles. So, mm-hmm. um, but and but if you look at the starting rotation, you've got you've got Wheeler, you got Nola. Uh, who will be going into his last year. But again, just to follow up on the conversations we said before, if you're not going to get enough value, uh, you don't have anybody to play, replace him. You're, you're keeping him, right? You're just going to let him, mm-hmm. let him go, let him go the year. And then you have Suarez. You've got three good pitchers. They're probably going to get Bailey Falter slash they maybe Andrew Painter eventually, uh, in the one slot. You know, yep. they're, they're, but they, they, they do intend to acquire at least one starting pitcher. Now, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> the, the Mets, by the way, watch Jacob deGrom walk away. They go to this, the, uh, the Texas Rangers for big bucks. But, uh, I tweeted, I'm like, well, Steve Cohen can't spend himself out of this unless maybe he overpays <laughs> for, for a Justin Verlander. Well, what does he do? He overpays for Justin Verlander. He's got yeah, $86 million between Scherzer and Verlander. 
All right. I guess he's trying to recreate the 2014 Detroit Tigers. I guess Anibal Sanchez <laughs> is next. But, uh, but, uh, but yeah, so that the pitching market and, and I also must add Zach Eflin getting $40 million for three years. Man, that, that shows me that starting pitching is going to be hard to get and it's going to be expensive. I'm stunned by the Eflin deal. Do you remember us saying like we were shocked that he turned down the qualifying yeah. offer because who was going to give him more than a year and 15 and 16 million and he wound up getting three at 40 and wow. And I almost, it almost scares me because I, I, I almost think well, what do the, what do the Rays who are an excellent organization know that the Phillies and us who have been watching Zach Eflin don't know because clearly his knee issues have prevented him from being, appear to being a long-term starter. So are they just overpaying for a guy to give him, uh, like it be an opener or a four-inning? I'm, I'm sort of flabbergasted by it. And, um, it's making me question what I know because <laughs> the Rays are so good at making these kind of moves. You know what though? They, they, they've struck in the past, right? Cause Charlie, well, try to think they're, they're the ones who fixed Charlie Morton after the Phillies year, right? Yeah, so. Right, um, but was it a, was it a health issue with with Morton? The way it's been, a, it's really not his stuff. It's, it's his yeah. ability to hold up. Yeah, I guess the idea was to 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 have a sort of reclamation project at pro, and, and get get value out of it. Now, the way they did the deal it was like eleven million, eleven million, and then the big payout the third year. Maybe maybe they're hoping to get a couple good years and spin him. Um, mm-hmm. you know, that that deal is not official yet, by the way, with Eflin. So. He's got to pass that physical, so I suppose his knees could still get in the way of this deal uh, if, sure. if, there's a, if there's an issue. But you know, I really thought there was a, uh, um, you know, for for someone like him, I thought he was willing to be a reliever, and you could get paid well as a reliever, right? You, he could be an eight million dollar reliever, probably. Uh, Absolutely. But but, uh, but hey, but but good for him. Uh, you know, certainly, uh, you know, watching the guy, you, you definitely like the guy, and. Uh, Wish, wish him well, but, uh, but, but anyway, that leaves, I, I thought, I, I didn't think the Phillies could count on him as a starter. So, you know, I, I'm happy that he gets that opportunity. Uh, mm-hmm. but, but I would not have, I would not have done it if I were the Phillies. I would, I agree with you. Um, I do, I do. Just like it was time to move on from Velasquez <laughs> when it was finally time. And Udubel, it just feels like you gotta kind of move on from that era and, and get some, some durable, healthy, you know, guys in and, and really guys on shorter term deals because at this point with their first three locked in and I like Falter as a fifth and, and you know, you want to probably have Andrew Painter get in there if he's ready. You're not trying to, you know, as much as I love the idea of getting Carlos Rodon, you know, it doesn't really, you know, I don't, I don't think it's in the plans now. He's another qualifying offer guy, right? So they don't want yeah, to get two plus, of those. Yeah. So Dave Dabrowski actually said today he didn't imagine the Phillies being a two, uh, draft pick, uh, you right. know, two draft picks this year. Right. So now one right. name that they did. I'd bring Syndergaard back, by the way. I, you know, if it was $11 million, I'd bring him back. Yeah. That might not be a bad idea. Um, I, I wouldn't be opposed. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, they, they would, uh, yeah, well, so the one name that I have seen them, so there was a report today, uh, mm-hmm. from Mark Feinstein of MLB.com, the Phillies might be in on Jamison Tayon. Uh, um, yep. now MLB trade rumors predicts him getting four years, 
$56 million. Uh, is that something you would consider giving somebody like him? You just said it. You got to pay for starting pitching. He's mm-hmm. coming off a good year. He is, uh, I think he's, what, is he 29 or 30? Or is he a little older? He than that? is 31. A 31. That's right. He turned 31 um, this month. Man, he's been through a lot, right? He came back from cancer, uh, was a really good pitcher with the Pirates. I thought he had a good year last year. So, so he's a 14-5 yeah. record, but he's, you know, I, his numbers are very Zach Eflin-ish, if you ask me. That's fair. Um, That's fair. I, I feel like that, that Eflin's a good comp because they ERA around four-ish mm-hmm. usually has a nice stretch where he's kind of dominant, you know, for a right. little while. So, right. uh, so. How many innings did he give you though? Last year he pitched 168, which is okay. which was his second most. He hit yeah. 179 once with the Pirates in 2018. So, uh, yeah, so that's either a good thing or or it gives you pause because you're not sure he can do it again, you know. But you got to get somebody though. That's the thing. You, you, right. You need a pitcher. So I, I mean, with the Phillies, trade for one. Now with a team like the Rays, they always seem to trade off some of their starting pitching, and. Mm-hmm. uh when they, when they bring more in, I don't know if they're gonna. I don't. I don't. I don't know who would be up for for trade, but uh, uh, if they if they uh, would consider making any starting pitching trade or or any 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 team for that matter, I don't really know what's out there. There's there's uh, rumors the Marlins might trade Pablo Lopez in the right deal. Mm. Mm. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't know how realistic it is. Or I, I feel like the Phillies still they would they want to hold on to the prospects and just spend right now. You know they want they want the next batch of major league talent to be ready in a few years. I think that that's where they're yes. at at this point. So I agree, I agree. So, but if you're spending, I mean, the options out there are, you know, there's there's not a there's not a whole lot that might be super enticing. Right. I mean, uh, I, 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 I just don't know if I want to go four years on on Tyone if I really believe that Abel and Painter and maybe even Griff McGarry can give me similar numbers once they get to, you know, if not better, by the way. Well, Painter, I think you would expect to be better. I'm just talking about right away, you know, if you think any of those guys can give that to you. Um, I'd rather just, again, sort of more than go the one year better in like a, like a Syndergaard, Syndergaard falter, four or five. I mean, you, you know, you don't use your fourth and five, fifth guys in the playoffs anyway as starters. They go to the pen. So, and yeah. So knowing you got at least three guys that you like coming up through the pipeline here, I would make me a little bit more judicious about how much I want to commit to the fourth starter from a year standpoint. Money, whatever. Years, that, that I sort of, sort of scratch my head at, you know? I mean, the, kind of the crop they're probably looking at are the Tayones, Jose Quintana, who got traded last right. year. Corey Kluber's 37. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, get, getting up there. Uh, yeah. Drew Smiley, we'll bring him back. Mm. Did that already. Mike Minor, the Phillies yeah. used to be interested in, but he's, he's kind of had a rough couple of years. I mean, I feel like, uh, you take a flyer at Chris Archer. I mean, it's probably going to be one of these older types, uh, that or Mike mm-hmm. Pineda is out there. The reason um, I like Syndergaard, Frank, is because he, it would be year two from, um, Tommy John. And that's usually the kind of the year that a guy, you know, rediscovers is, Juice and then listen, he had a ton of it before he got hurt. You know, I think Zach Wheeler in his second year after Tommy John is when he had started to really show his best stuff again. Not that I expect, I don't know, if Syndergaard 
he may never get back to 98, 99, but if you can get him 95, 96, 96, you, you, that's better than what he was. And then now he's obviously a little bit craftier. Um, so mm-hmm. he's been with the team. You know, you know who I thought would have been nice? I mean, if, I mean, he is a little older, 33. Phillies were interested in trading for him a couple of years ago. Uh, that, that one sounded like they had got him at the one trade deadline in what, 20, what year was that? 21. And it kind of fell through or something. Tyler Anderson ends up mm, getting three years. Yeah. Got three years with the Angels and, uh, he's 33 years old now, but he got three years, 39 million. So that's 13 mm-hmm. per, which. I hate to say it, but it's not a lot of money in today's dollars, right? No, so, it really isn't, right? So that that yeah, that wouldn't be a bad one. I actually like that as well. It's a shame that they, but yeah, lefty. off the off the board though. So yeah, so they're good. They're gonna have to uh, they're gonna have to do something there, and uh, and still the one nice thing the Phillies have is while there are some relievers, uh, free agents, you know, Brad Hand and David Robertson. They're going to need to pick up a piece or two for that bullpen. But the good news is Sir Anthony's still around. Jose Alvarado's still around. Mm-hmm. They were the two you kind of rode in the back end. Uh, Brogdon looked very promising again at the end. So, yep. uh, you know, they could, they, they actually have, uh, some, some pieces there where you can, you know, uh, if you add one <laughs> somehow, right. some way, you know, that could make a big, big difference in this, in this Phillies bullpen. So just not Jerry is familiar. <laughs> yeah, I, I, th- I think that uh, I think that that ship has sailed for good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would uh, think. You know, they, they, you know, they're, 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 you see them they're doing what teams do a lot of the time. They picked they picked up Andrew Vasquez as a, for the second time in a, in a year <laughs> to, to <laughs> take a flyer on him. Maybe he could still be somebody who helps you. Bellotti had his moments. He's still around. Nick Nelson is a long man. He's still around. And maybe mm-hmm. some of their prospects will actually sort of emerge as. Uh, as options, maybe McGarry makes his debut as a reliever. That's uh, that's something that some people thought that he might be able to do uh, down the line. So Phillies right. have a few more moves to make, but uh, but this is this is the big one. I mean, I, I think whatever happens from here forward, is it fair to say, Jeff, that you feel really good about this Phillies team going into next year? Yeah, because yes, I do. I think they're they're going to be a good team again. You know, you got Tom Tomper from the start, and I just in general like the. Look, I, I like the direction of the organized be- of the organization better with Dave Dombrowski and as smart and aggressive as he is, I still think at the end of the day, they will have to figure out a way to develop some of their own talent. They'll have to make some moves, but they could, they could come. They don't have to be right now. They could be by the end of next year or the next off season, but they will have to get some, you know, young farmhand talent that can come up and supplement the guys who have the big salaries. And you know what though, the talent they do have, they're going to be a year older. They'll be a yeah. step closer. They didn't deplete their system much in any of the trade line deadline deals they did. I mean, they they, they gave up their top catching prospect, uh, top hundred MLB prospect, but they traded him mm-hmm. for essentially a top hundred center field prospect who still has a lot to to go. So, uh, so that was really the only major prospect the Phillies gave up, and they're they're the rest are getting that much closer to the major leagues. Well, well, Jeff, thanks for, thanks for jumping on for, uh, you know, minding our own business today. You know, I, it, it's just, just <laughs> really funny. I was, 
was I doing? I was like doing dishes or something. And like, you know, I really should check my phone or something soon just in case. Like literally that was the moment that everything broke. <laughs> so. Oh, how about that? <laughs> I got, actually I flip on my uh, MLB network radio first uh, on my iPad. And the first thing I see the headline is Philly signed Trey Turner. I was like, Oh, good timing. <laughs> yeah. Luckily I wasn't that far behind the ball, but whatever else happens this off season, we will be on the ball. Lots to talk about. As this offseason progresses, but for now, Frank Close, Jeff Mosher, this has been the Powder Blue Podcast.